You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about things that I no longer do for the sake of simplifying my life. A lot of times it can be easier to cut something out than to add something else on, or maybe not even easier, but more effective. Sometimes it can just be more effective to cut something out than to continue adding and adding and making things more complex, which is some of what I'm going to share today. To tell you the truth, these changes have kind of been slapping me in the face here lately because I've curated this little bubble. It's this bubble of my home space that I talk about all the time. This is like my safe zone, my haven. And honestly, we don't get out a whole lot. And when Matt and I do go out, it's to see people that we already know and like. (laughs) So uh, call it an echo chamber, call it, you know, what you want. But over the past week or two, we've started going to a new gym, we've started going to places where there are other people, a lot of interactions with folks at different counters and stuff. And I just realized that, man, you know, not everybody out there is happy. (laughs) Not everybody out there is uh, like nice or trying to be nice. Um, There are a lot of different personalities and a lot of different intentions and lifestyles all coexisting at once. And it can be really easy to forget that and to forget also some of the journey that I've made myself along the way because I've gotten so used to living in this bubble of happiness that I've kind of created for myself. And it's good, right? Like it's good to get outside of the bubble occasionally to touch base with where other people are in order to be more effective at communicating. Anyway, I think that that's part of what my own personal motivation is for for sharing some of these things because I've been mulling over it here lately about the journey and about where I was before I was here and some of the things that I've quit doing that have really just help to simplify my life. In fact, number one, number one, the first thing that came to my mind when I started creating this list, I stopped allowing negativity inside of my bubble. I will, of course, allow negativity. I mean, like people having bad days inside of my family, people I care about, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like just negative people and the negativity that comes along with them in their lives and toxicity. The number one thing that helped me to change from being somebody who was pretty miserable and depressed and anxious and just not thriving in my life to being somebody who feels very happy and honestly so grateful to where I am today, I can can 100% pinpoint that to being the people that I'm surrounding myself with and removing the negativity and toxicity and stop letting that in. Number two is that I quit Facebook. I haven't done Facebook in well over a year now and I don't regret it. Now I do still have like a business Facebook account, but I'm never on it. I don't use it. Nothing is happening there. I don't have friends or followers or anything like that. I mean, I have a Facebook page, but even there, I'm not really posting anything. The only reason that I still have any ties to Facebook at all is so that I can use Facebook ads to run a promotion should I want to in the future. And even that I haven't done in over a year. I don't do much social media in general. And I know that I'm here on YouTube. I don't really consider this social media. Some of the things I'm going to talk about later, but social media in general can be very toxic. Number three really stands out to me in my business, but also in my life. And that is 
offering things that I don't want to fulfill. You know, when I first started creating the business that I have now, Mia Danielle, I kept hearing this this theme of don't create a business that you hate. Like don't create something that you're not going to want to show up to and work for and you know every day. And still, like even hearing that message over and over again, you see other people doing things like, oh, well, you had to have a Facebook group, you know? So even though you know how much I hate Facebook, I'm like, well, I've got to have one because everybody has a Facebook group. Or, you know, you have to be active on Instagram every single day. You need to be showing up on Instagram and posting. Now you need to post a reel every single day. You need to record little clips from your life every day to the point to where you're not even really participating in your life because you're always recording it. You know, I stopped. I'm like, I don't have to do things that aren't actually making me happy and things that I don't want to fulfill. Why would you create a life that's based on something that you don't necessarily enjoy doing? There are plenty of people who do enjoy doing those things, but for me, it's not fulfilling. And until it does feel fulfilling, I'm just not going to do it. But the same is true in my regular day-to-day life. I've become really comfortable not putting myself in situations, whether it's a schedule or an obligation or saying I'm going to do something or signing up for something that I just don't want to do. Number four, I quit prioritizing improving my weaknesses. For a long time, I always thought, and I feel like people say this a lot, that you know, you need to improve your weaknesses to become a more well-rounded person. If there's something that you're failing in, that's what you need to be working on so that you can just become this evenly keeled, well-rounded person. Then I started hearing this different message that I really feel like struck a chord with me. And that is you can weaken your strengths trying to strengthen your weaknesses. And I think that that is in a lot of ways true. I mean, there are certain areas where I need to be better in something that I'm not necessarily great in, or, you know, like for example, there were a lot of years where I did not see myself as a patient person. I was just not very patient. And, you know, people would keep saying, you know, patience is a virtue. And now I feel like I'm a pretty patient person because I've developed the skills. But overall, when you're just focusing on your weaknesses, instead of working on the things that you're already good at, your strong suits and really leaning into your strengths, you're not strengthening those strengths. Those strengths are, are staying the same or they're, they may even atrophy and just kind of like lose their power, lose their strength. And so I've tried to shift just in general, leaning into the areas that I'm already strong in, my gifts, my talents, and being okay with not being able to do it all. I'm able to collaborate or work with somebody else who already has those strengths instead of me trying to wear all of the hats and do all of the things and then doing everything really subpar. Number five, speaking of patience, I've learned to stop responding when I'm mad. And I know that that's something that everybody says, don't respond when you're mad, give it some time, let it simmer. It's common knowledge, but when I was younger, I had a temper. Like I was really quick to react. I even remember talking to my parents about it, about how I get so angry at my sister and I just, I didn't want to feel that angry, but this temper was a thing. Maybe a lot of that has grown out of me naturally as a process of aging and becoming a more mature and calm person. But I also feel like there is some learned ability there. When I started really practicing not responding angrily, like forcing myself to take that break, to take that space, or even handing off the thing that was making me angry to somebody else so that I just 
could disconnect from it altogether. That became my habit. That became my go-to to not respond angry. If I get really frustrated with Matt, sometimes it's not even his fault. Sometimes it's it's just me because I'm going through something that's making me overreact to things. And the only way to not overreact is to pause the reaction altogether. You wouldn't believe some of the responses that I've almost made to even some of the comments here on YouTube um, back when I would read every negative comment. Um, you know, I've had some responses queued up to go and then just had Matt check just to make sure that I was in line and him responding, you know, you don't need to send that. Number six, just to ease back and lighten it up a little bit, something that I've stopped doing much of here lately, probably like the majority of the population, is shopping in person. I find that it simplifies um, both the bill that I end up spending by the time I leave and just the whole process of not having to expend so much energy and searching for things, including groceries. Whenever possible, I try to order my groceries for delivery, order them online, reload the cart so that I'm sticking to my usuals, unless I'm intentionally doing that like for a recipe or for something specific that I have in my mind. Number seven is forcing friendships. That's something that I used to feel like I had to do. Develop this friendship even if I don't really feel like spending time with the person. Some of the worst relationships of my life, whether friendships or romantic relationships, were relationships that I had to force. Now, these relationships come into my life more naturally where I'm being myself, I'm living my life the way that I want to, they're being themselves and living their life the way that they want to, and we still happen to align and enjoy spending time together and building these organic, happy relationships rather than forcing friendships and like trying to put myself in a position to, you know, like to build a friendship with somebody. It's just not really natural. It's stressful. There are times, of course, when you need to put yourself out there or at least put yourself in some kind of community situation or event where you're going to be able to meet other people because it is important to socialize and to have some kind of a support system. But at the same time, like fixating on one or two people, like this is who I need to have my friendship from, or, you know, I need to have more love in my life. It's going to come from this person. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of forcing things like that. It never turns out well. Number eight, I quit reading all of my emails. I used to be a completer. You know, I need to complete all of my work, right? So if I get all of these emails, then I need to complete every email, read them from top to bottom, and make sure that I have all of the information. It can be overwhelming feeling like you need to absorb all information. I need to listen to all of this person's podcast so that I can have all of the information and knowledge that they have that they're sharing. Or I need to read all of these books on this subject because people keep talking about them and I need to have and absorb all of that information. And it's just, uh, it's too much. There's too much information. You will never be able to absorb it all. I've found that with my emails, there's a lot of information in there that I just don't need. And I, sometimes I don't even need to skim. Sometimes knowing who it's from and what the subject is, is enough for me to know that I don't need to to read that email. Just like number nine, I quit watching all of the news. In fact, most days I don't watch the news at all. Now, when we're in the middle of something that's really important that I want to be following along with, then I will intentionally check in to watch the news on those subjects. But I don't feel like I need to absorb all of the news just because it's news. There will be more news tomorrow and the day after that. And for the rest of my life, there is going to be more news. I don't need to absorb all of that because a lot of times the news that I absorb today is irrelevant a week from now anyway. Number 10, I quit going out late at night. We have a game night that we go to once a week, once every other week. And sometimes that'll go 
a little long, like until 11. I'm not trying to stay up till two o'clock in the morning anymore. I got this Fitbit that tracks my sleep patterns. So much of our body and our health and well-being can be pinpointed back to the quality of our sleep. It's that important. So in order to simplify, I've stopped going out late at night. It's not a priority for me anymore. In fact, I've started trying to get my rhythm into one that allows me to get more sunshine, which means waking up a little earlier than I used to. Number 11 is a me thing. It's definitely a privilege, but that is not waking up to an alarm. So some of you it may pertain to, especially if you work from home or hybrid or you make your own schedule. I used to only wake up to an alarm and I got to where I hated waking up. I hated the sound of the alarm. I hated that whole jolting, jarring feeling of waking up in the morning. And I just, it made me hate mornings. Instead, I've really been working with my sleep schedule and trying to find the time that works best for me by going to bed a little bit earlier, making sure I'm getting all of my sleep and then allowing my body to naturally wake up or even to naturally wake up because of things that are going on in the house, like the baby waking up. But I have stopped using an alarm. The only time I would use an alarm, obviously, is if I have have for some reason some appointment in the morning. But that's another thing that I've changed is that I don't set appointments in the morning because I know myself, I know my body, like I respect what makes me feel good and what makes my days go better. And that is not planning a bunch of stuff in the morning time. A long time ago, I stopped paying my bills manually and I will never go back. So auto pay all the way for me, it really has simplified all of my bill paying processes. I'm too forgetful a person. I understand that about myself. And so I've set systems in place to simplify that process. Drama, anything related to drama. I don't wanna know your drama. I'm not trying to create any of my drama to share. There was definitely a part of my life, like in my early 20s, late teens, where I felt like, I just thrived in drama and there was plenty of it going around, which is probably why I felt like I thrived in it. Honestly, having that much drama in your life, it may feel exciting, but it just makes you sick. It makes your body sick, it makes your mind sick, takes all of your energy and good positive energy that you could be using toward growth in some of the areas that you want to be achieving things in or that you want to be experiencing at a higher level. Giving into that drama just soaks all of that good energy away and it's just like throwing it in the trash. I quit complex routines. I've tried a lot of different routines over the years, you know, like the eight minute morning routine. Not to call anything out because there are a lot of people who really seem to get a lot of value out of these really complex systematic routines. I personally have found that they're really hard to adhere to and they don't necessarily check all the boxes for me because no system is a one size fits all. I don't need to wake up in the morning and read a book for five minutes and then exercise for five minutes and then meditate for five minutes. Like that kind of structure doesn't work for me. And instead what I try to do is to simplify, actually take things away from my routines to simplify the ones that are really core priorities for me. And then kind of along the same line of not trying to strengthen my weaknesses, but instead build up my strengths. I try to take the routines that I have and ritualize them as much as possible and just make them fun and make them enjoyable. Add more uh, adventure to my life and enjoyment with what I currently have instead of adding more things to what I'm currently doing. Number 16, I quit complicated diets. There have been a lot of different diets that I've tried over the years. I did a keto diet actually for a significant period of time, at least for me, and it was not easy. It was kind of complicated. It was a lot of research and a lot of special shopping and making two meals because the rest of the family wasn't on that kind of diet. Now I'm focusing on a lifestyle of eating healthier so that I can grow to be a healthy, vibrant, 
elderly person whenever I get there. You know, that's that's my goal right now is to make sure that I am happy and healthy and still able to enjoy life 20 and 30 and 40 years from now, you know, however long I live. So it's a lot more of a, a natural, organic, intuitive approach to how I'm eating and how I'm feeding my body than trying to <laughs> like multitask all of these different systems just so that I can lose 20 pounds and then worry about the rest later. And that's not to say anything bad about keto diets or like any kind of special diet that you're on. And some people for health reasons need to be on a special diet. But for me, just my intention behind the way that I feed myself has changed. Number 17, I quit needing to spend money in order to celebrate. And I get a little frustrated with the expectation that because it's some special day, money needs to be spent. I think that that's something that we've built up as a society or just, you know, because it's habit, not something that necessarily makes the celebration or the positive event better or more enriching. Number 18, I stopped drinking my calories. About five years ago, maybe more, I stopped drinking Coca-Cola. Sometimes I'll drink Coke Zero, but I've really increased my water intake. It simplifies so many processes, my metabolism, hormones, even my mental state, fewer headaches. That one change was able to simplify a lot of the backwards way that we tend to take care of our bodies, you know? So a lot of times we might not drink any water and instead we're drinking a lot of sugary soda. And so we're getting more headaches and we're getting more belly fat and we have less energy. And so we started attacking all of those symptoms with other things. So now I'm taking caffeine pills and drinking more energy drinks and, you know, taking Advil for my headache and like all of these different things. And it just becomes this cycle of trying to treat these symptoms and never really feeling optimized. Number 19, I stopped changing up my favorite products, whether it's foods or like the shampoo that I'm using. I've talked about this before when it comes to curating versus collecting. And that a big part of that is learning to select and continuing to select the things that are working for you instead of trying to collect a conglomeration and trying everything that's out there. That's one thing that's really helped me to simplify my space. Number 20, I quit over empathizing. I have mixed feelings about being empathetic, it's definitely a gift. And it's a gift that I feel like I do have the ability to understand how other people are feeling and to tap into that. I used to think, oh, you know, it's such a gift that I'm able to feel what other people are feeling. So I'm going to do that all the time. I'm going to wear all these other people's emotions and take some of that on, you know, it doesn't help anything. Like you can't actually absorb somebody else's emotions away from them. You can duplicate them and emotions and anxiety and stress is definitely contagious. If you're around it enough and you open your heart up to it, you can definitely become just as stressed and anxious and sad and depressed as the person who's next to you. But that's not necessarily making them any less anxious, sad, or depressed. It's just making you both feel that way. Learning to really shut that down and not absorb all of these other problems and stresses. Those people that like everything goes wrong with them and there's just a dark cloud that's, you know, like nothing can go right for that person and they feel like they're always the victim. If you're around that too much and you're open to it and you're too responsive to it, that can just make your life miserable unnecessarily, not helping anything. Number 21, I stopped prioritizing my next level. And I think that that's probably something that a lot of people would maybe be confused by or even disagree with because you're told 
that you need to achieve this next level and you need to focus and you need to visualize and that's what you need to be. <laughs> and that's great. Like I have goals for sure. And I'm a big fan of visualizing, creating vision boards and trying to achieve those goals, but not at the expense of not enjoying my life currently. I know that the journey is everything. Whenever I achieve this goal, there will be another goal and the entire thing is the journey anyway. And I think the sooner that you really understand that and connect to it, the more you can just kind of let go and enjoy your life the way it is while still working towards your goals. And I heard the story that just really brought this whole concept home for me about a fisherman. There's this fisherman and in the evenings, he'll take home a couple of fish to feed his family. And then he'll go dance in the square, drink margaritas and go home and play catch with his son. And then he'll go to sleep. And a businessman walks up to him and is like, why are you spending your time catching a few fish when you could have nets? You could be bringing in 10, 12 fish at a time and selling those at the markets and then take that money and you could reinvest it into buying a boat and the boat you could carry even bigger nets and you could bring in 30 or 50 fish and sell those at the markets and make even more money. And the fisherman said, why would I want to do that? And the businessman said, you don't understand. Like you could have so much money just from having this one ship that you could buy a whole fleet of ships, hire people to run those ships for you. And you would have so many nets and so many fish that you wouldn't have to work a day in your life. And the fisherman said, and what would my reward be? And the businessman said, that's the best part. You would be able to just lounge on the beach all day, fishing for fun, go to the square in the evenings and dance and drink margaritas and then go home and eat dinner with your family at night and play catch with your son and wake up the next day and do it all over again. And the fisherman said, and what do you think I'm doing right now? So obviously there is a reason to want more money and to want to achieve bigger goals, but it's always really important to make sure that your reward at the end of the day, your, what you're really hoping to achieve by achieving those goals is clear and that you are still able to enjoy the journey as much as possible along the way. Number 22, I stopped needing to be right. Being right was everything. Even if you were wrong, how can you make yourself look right? And I definitely have let that go over time and it's much easier and more humbling to not need to be right. It's okay to not be right. I have conversations with my husband every day and sometimes we'll joke around about how one of us was right in a certain situation. But at the end of the day, like I really don't care who was right or who was wrong. And that is such a relieving thing to be able to say. Number 23, I've stopped trying to do it all myself. I've hinted at that a couple of times throughout this video. It is a recurring theme and I think that it's definitely important, especially if you're somebody who does want to grow and to be able to build on your strengths and cover your weaknesses, being able to hand off some of the tasks and some of the weight to other people, whether it's sharing the weight with your spouse, allowing your kids to pick up some of the weight, or at work, delegating tasks to people who maybe could even do a better job than you. Not doing something yourself is the quickest and easiest way to simplify that task. Number 24, I've quit reading all of the comments. The first couple of years that I was a YouTuber, I read every single comment. Even the comments that had absolutely no meaning to them, they were just like random hate comments. I would read every single one and I would internalize it and it would just completely ruin my day. I mean, I could wake up and I could have a plan for being productive and then just read one or two comments and then the rest of my day is just like tarnished. And you could say, you know, well, you shouldn't let what other people say bother you. To a certain extent, I've definitely grown some tougher, thicker skin, but people are people. 
and everybody is going to have a day of weakness or feeling a little less certain of themselves or a little more emotionally vulnerable. It's just not healthy to let that many random strangers into your zone and into your bubble and uh, into your emotions like that. And so I don't read all of the comments. I read a lot of the comments and I'm not just trying to read positive comments either. If it's helpful or it's constructive, even if it's disagreeing with me, that's totally fine. Um, as long as it's constructive or helpful or something that could spark a conversation with other people. Now, if it's just like negative spewing troll type of stuff, then I'll delete it. It's my channel. I can delete it if I want to. And I just don't let that in anymore. And that's been huge for my mindset. It's been huge for my emotional stability. And I think that it's something that in today's day and age where everybody's on social media, taking care of what you let in is necessary. And number 25 is to stop blaming people. There were a lot of years in my life where I'm like, I'm like this obviously because of this thing that happened or because of this other person. And that never helped anything. It definitely didn't help me. It didn't help my relationships. Uh, it didn't make me feel any better to feel like, oh, I have no control over this. And so this is where I am. And I see a lot of people swimming around in that pool of, of victimhood and blame and bitterness and not really able to take the reins and to take control of their own lives. And learning to do that and practicing and working toward that and not allowing myself to place the blame for anything that's going on in my life or where I am or what I'm experiencing on other people was huge. It was life-changing and life-enhancing. Part of being able to quit that was understanding that situations aren't black and white, they're multifaceted, and that people's lives and who they are and this whole version of villain or hero that you may have in your head, this whole idea of people is not correct because people are more dimensional than that. So truly understanding and seeing Seeing that really helped me to lift the blame. Like it doesn't even need to go back on my shoulders. There doesn't need to be blame at all. Things are the way they are and you can choose to move wherever you are into a different direction without having to worry about how you got there or whose fault it is or where the blame needs to be placed. Hopefully this wasn't too much. Hopefully that was helpful to whoever it needed to be helpful to. And if not, then it was therapeutic for me to have a little recall session and, uh, and recap the things that I've quit to get to where I am now that have really helped my life to simplify. I'll chat with you next week.